0: Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton. And on this beautiful morning, I have the pleasure of introducing you to our guest, Doug McIsaac, who is the founder and president of Linked Coach. Thank you so much, Doug, for being here. And I love that we're having another conversation.
1: So am I. I'm looking, really looking forward to uh, chatting with you and uh, uh, hope your listeners get something out of today's call. But it should be a lot of fun to chat either way.
0: Oh, I'm sure they will. And I got to tell you, we talked – what was it? Like a couple months ago now. I'm just looking back. Oh, my gosh. It was two months ago to the day that we I talked. I know. It
1: oh, what a yeah. Wow. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. And the last exchange was, and I have to quote you because I'm pretty sure I'm quoting you on this. You want to be in a mastermind to be stretched, but you don't want to be stretched to get in a mastermind. And that's the first thing I saw when I pulled up my Skype this morning. And I think it was maybe only our first or second conversation and I Already sent you a picture of my dream home. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about you.
1: <laughs> I, I you do want to, yeah, then for those that are listening, I mean, the goal, the understanding of that is you want to be around people that will stretch you and your goals, your beliefs, people that are above you. But what you don't want to do is bankrupt yourself to get amongst those people. So if that means that You know, if you can only surround yourself with people that are a little bit ahead of you, that's fine. Do that. But just always try and surround yourself with people who are ahead of you and where you want to go, even if they're just a couple steps ahead of you. At least, you know, get get involved with them and then. If you leapfrog them, get involved with the next set. So it's all about surrounding ourselves with people that are more successful than we are.
0: So I just need to surround myself with more people like you, Doug. <laughs>
1: hey, you know it's uh, I, I like i told you before. I, I've been I, I'm not as I've been much more successful in the past, but uh, I'm definitely on the path back to uh, to where I was, even though in a different path. So yeah, it's so going
0: to be fun. Sh- so share share your story.
1: Well, uh, I, uh, I'm one of those people I grew up in, uh, one of those households where, you know, we, uh, we got the only reason that we didn't have uh, completely free lunches is because of the neighborhood I lived in and, and my mom had a part-time job. Uh, but there's four of us living in a house. Uh, my mom was raising us by herself. I had a stepdad that showed up occasionally and, uh, didn't really contribute. And, uh, Yeah, so I grew up, you know, we were poor, but we didn't know we were poor because we were surrounded by really poor people (laughs) in the neighborhood I grew up in. And, uh, I didn't really realize it until I got to high school and was around a lot of uh, the doctor's kids, you know, they're, they're going on ski trips all weekend and, you know, and they're traveling to Europe and all that. And here I was. You know, geez, I was working a job on the weekends. <laughs> you know, I was never had barely, mom did everything she could, and I'm amazed that she was able to do what she did on what she made. I mean, stunned actually looking back on it. But um, I always looked at uh, money as being the ultimate and is uh, what you wanted. You wanted to be wealthy. And I, uh, I spent a lot of my time in my twenties, really going after just wealth, going after money. I did multi-level marketing. I did you know, lots of quick fix things. Um, learned a lot of things along the way. Owned several businesses, and uh, finally started a software company in the late '90s, and I actually grew that to where we landed a twenty-five million dollar contract to. Uh, to deliver the pharmacy management system that's in all the Albertsons and Super Value pharmacies here in the United States, and with that contract, we, we grew the company to about 30 employees, and uh we were doing really well. I mean, I was—I had a you know multi-million dollar net worth. I was I had all the trappings of what I be, I saw and believed made somebody wealthy. I. uh I, you know, I had six figure salary. I had uh, bought the new car. Now, I will say that I wasn't one of those, you know, go buy the Mercedes or anything. But I did have a Porsche in my eye that I was looking at and um, bought a house, you know, all those things. And uh but I would have never really my vision was always on the, the dollar and it was always looking outside myself for self-worth. It was I was was not looking inside. And as will happen when you're certainly, when you're looking outside of yourself, uh, ultimately what happens is we lose that, it destroys you. And, uh, my company, I actually retired from that company in 2005. I uh, had a multi-million dollar payment package and, uh, the company ended up going out of business and, uh, only 10 payments into my <laughs> into my 10 year payment package. And uh, because of that, I ended up losing uh, everything. And, you know, had I had I been in a different mental state, uh, I would not have lost everything. I completely let the, the lack of cash coming in uh, a lot of other things going on in my life. I let all of that control me and control my focus. And uh, really, really just let everything come crashing down and um, I had gotten married, and uh, I'd gotten married to somebody who was as focused on money and outward appearance as I was, and we got divorced quickly, and I was going through that in 2005, that divorce as well, 2005, 2006, and a lot of other personal issues, and everything just went tumbling down. I had my houses, I had rental properties that I was buying, I ended up losing them, I had one go into foreclosure, I uh, sold every asset that i had uh, i did i'd cashed in through my 401k to start another business and and that didn't go anywhere so i mean i was really all these things that has been important to me were gone uh, i'd lost my company i defined myself as an entrepreneur and a successful business owner and i'd lost that i defined myself as you know somebody that had money well i lost all of that and that's where all of my definition of who Doug McIsaac was came from. And that really, you know, that was a very black period for me of my life. And it took me several years of of inner work and going through a number of things and struggling and, and barely getting by and you know, I, I did a lot of things in you know, the last 10 years. I, uh, I started, I, I'd, I'd been doing some business consulting and I found success, uh, helping small business owners, uh, grow their business. And I enjoyed doing that. I found something that I really loved doing and that worked for a while because once again, I was defining myself outwardly by what I was doing for other people, but, um, I still struggled with that sense of self worth and who Doug was and, one of the things that I did is I, I found uh, uh, I ultimately I, I found that um, one of the things that I struggled with was uh, alcohol. And I finally uh, decided I had to quit and because I was letting alcohol get in the way of everything that was going on. And I've been sober now just over three years. And <laughs> thank you, Kim. And I've uh, in that time, I've done a lot of inner work on Doug and realized, you know, understanding that so much of my life I looked outside myself for what was important and let other people's opinions of me and that really affect how I felt. And I always looked at building my business that way and and how I looked on the outside, not how I felt on the inside. And I um, over this last three years, I have uh, NAA and I'm working the steps and working Uh, Working with a sponsor, and then now I'm working, you know, working with other sponsees, and it's been an amazing thing. Now I'm not going to do a talk about AA here, but it's been amazing to me. It's the working on myself and really understanding that self sense of self worth is putting me on a different path now. That I am, I am back doing what I love doing. I'm working with business owners. I'm helping business owners grow their business. Uh, a lot of that is through LinkedIn and the linked coach where I'm working with people, helping them use LinkedIn to generate leads for their business. Um, I'm also doing business coaching with with small business owners because that's what I love to do. And I've, I've decided that, you know, I want to live a completely remote lifestyle where I can travel as I want and be able to. And it's not about how much I'm making. It's about the life I'm living and spending time with my daughter and, you know, enjoying life. Now, that being said, my income is growing again as well you know, because of that. I'm focusing on what I love doing that adds value to other people, and it's growing my business. And, you know, my goal is to be a 100% location independent uh, by January 1st. I may not make January 1st but 100%. Because I, I just took on a big local client, but uh, they they're talking long term. But I will uh, I'll still have flexibility to travel as I want, and uh, travel maybe not as much this next year as I had hoped. But I'll be give, building them a foundation so that they can move forward without me full time, without me in there all the time, and being able to do meetings online. But that is my goal, and it's I've learned you know I've really just learned. That it's more about being happy with who I am, being comfortable with who I am inside, and not needing outs- that outside and uh, defining myself by people, what other people think about me. And that's been – that's really the wealth that I've felt, and it's really the uh, future I'm headed towards, and it's a pretty exciting time in my life.
0: That's also huge. Doug, <laughs> I have to ask, what was your first job? I uh, –
1: Let's see. My first job, I was either well, I did some door-to-door selling of stuff like like in
0: uh, high school. Were you do- door-to-
1: Oh yeah, no, this was in grade school. Grade school and junior high. I did some. I'd go and do door-to-door sales for uh, like greeting cards. Really? And then, yeah, yeah. And then I then I did babysitting and I also shoveled walks. And uh, in high school, I did telephone sales um, over the summer. Uh, and then actually during school I did as well. So I did telemarketing, which sucks. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the people that can do that because outbound telemarketing is brutal. Um, yes. Would you I rather do
0: outbound telemarketing or collections? <laughs>
1: uh, probably, probably outbound telemarketing. Yeah. <laughs> collections would be rough. Right. Uh, well, I mean actually I do collect as a business owner you always end up doing some collection calls because it's inevitable that you have clients that uh, aren't paying. But um, being in the knowledge industry like you are as well, uh, I tend to pre I've learned just I chart the bulk of it up front because if they don't, you know, it's you just have to. <laughs> and if clients don't understand that.
0: Oh, it that's been a huge learning experience for me too. And I've had clients ask why why do you require a retainer? And I've actually started turning it around. Well, do you require a retainer? Or do you do your work up front for, for no payment? And then it's sort of the aha moment comes for them. I'm like, okay. But my son and I were actually, my 10-year-old, we were having a discussion last week. He asked me, Mom, what would be your least favorite job that you would ever want? And I actually answered collections. And then we had a whole discussion about it because... I reminded him that the people who are making the collections calls, they could very well be receiving collections calls themselves, and they're doing that job to avoid those calls. So, yeah, my my first job was actually babysitting, and then I was a paper girl at 12, and then I worked in my church rectory. I would serve dinner to the priest and attempt to make coffee, but that didn't always go so well because I started putting instant coffee in the coffee pot. And, and that makes sludge.
1: Yes, it does.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, well, I, I have to admit that only happened one time, but unfortunately it was a night when the priests had guests. So that was pretty embarrassing.
1: That, that is pretty funny.
0: But isn't it that pretty is- amazing how, uh, I mean, I grew up with divorced parents. Um, my mom um, struggled a little bit more than my dad. And, um, but the stress was there on both sides. It didn't, you know, dad had a really good salary, but the stress was still there because yeah. And the money doesn't necessarily mean that you're any more or less happy. I definitely have incredible memories with both sides. I do, however, remember stress with both sides. So just because there was money that didn't mean that it was any less, but I, do completely, I, I also relate to the, to the marriage where money was more important.
1: It was, uh, I literally, I literally since I'd had so much worth, so much of my worth tied up in my value, how much, uh, how much of my personal value tied up in my net worth and realizing that, uh, and, and I will, I, I just need to caveat it, my ex-wife and I have a great relationship today and she's really done a lot of inner work as well and we're co-parenting very well, but both of us were in a bad spot during our marriage and subsequent divorce. But then I went on and I, I saw when I realized that what she was after me primarily is my money. Um, I ended up getting rid of all of it. That was uh, not a conscious effort. It was more of a subconscious thing that I've learned since then, that I just kind of went and I just let myself destroy myself and continued my negative spiral. And, um, it's uh you know looking back on it it's interesting cuz i mean i look at I look at where i was and you know there's so many spots i could have changed it you know could have changed the direction of the course but I didn't have the tools I have today. And, uh, it you know, you, you, you always look back and go, oh, yeah, I should have. Yeah, OK, but, you know, I'm not a I'm not one that uh, tries to dwell on the past. It's more about where I'm heading in the future and learn the lessons, you know, take the lessons from what's happened in the past and move them forward. But absolutely understand.
0: Absolutely. And what are some of those tools that you would say you have today? Or what are the ones that make the biggest difference on a daily or weekly or regular basis?
1: Well, uh, a, a couple of things. One having one under it just starts with being aware of when I'm letting uh, letting outside influences get in the way. But it's being aware. I I try to, and I'm not great about it, but I try to journal. You know, every day, and I focus on you know what I learned that day and whether I was you know, what, you know, and whether I stayed inside myself or, you know, let outside people influence me. So, journaling, and I mean, just journaling and letting out how your day went is a huge value because it gets it down on paper, just gets it down. And just having a good, you know, I've, I am. Well, once again, I'm not your mind map, but you're you've got everything the way you do. Your goal setting is even more impressive than mine. But I have I mean, I have a dream board as well. You know, I know what I want today and I know where I'm headed. So I try to ask myself when I'm, you know, is this moving me towards my goal? You know, and I've also made a point of I read more and I focus on reading more positive books. And I'm reading biographies as well as reading uh, business books.
0: What are you and reading it, right now?
1: Uh, right now, I uh, well, I just finished reading uh, Oprah's biography. And uh, i am also got, oh, uh, geez, I've got like three books I'm working on. And I'm listening to Grant Cardone's. Um,
0: are you listening to 10X Center? Rule?
1: I, I just so am I. Ten- Yeah, I just, I'm listening to that and I've just actually today, I just started his next one and what is it called again? I am listening to, if you're not first, you're last. I just started listening to that and implementing it and, you know, I've added a lot more structure into my day and my week as well to keep me on track. I I do a Sunday, every Sunday I do a brain dump. I, I actually will write down everything I know I need to do the next week. And then I will break them out across the week and block and then time block stuff out. So it's like I know what I'm going to do on each day. And I try to fill my calendar uh, virtually every hour of the day um, from about 5.30 a.m. Actually, 5.00. I usually go running about 5.00. I do accountability call at 5.30. And I try to at least from 5.00 to 6.00, 5.00 a.m. to 6.00 p.m. I block out my calendar every day. And I try to fill it all up. Um, and I fill it up with, you know, I, I put my workout in there and that's keeping your head on straight. It's like, for me, it's, it's reading, it's working out, it's watching my diet, it's journaling. And, uh, I also have a a gratitude exercise that I do in the mornings, uh, that works great. I, uh, I'm chuckling because I haven't done it for a little while, but when I do it, I love it. And it's literally just writing down, uh, things that I'm grateful for every morning. I do it mentally, but it's much more powerful if you write it down and just say, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful be- because, and you know, it's, it's easy to forget just where we are compared to where we came from. And by being grateful and having honest gratitude is uh, important. Another thing that I started doing is accepting. I used to never accept compliments. Uh, somebody would say something like, you know, I would blow it off. You know, I would never, I was like Teflon. If somebody tried to give me a compliment, I would blow it off. But now I've learned to just say, thank you. Do you, you think know? that's
0: an introvert thing?
1: Well, it, it's a, it's a combination. It's, it, it is an introvert thing, but it's a self-worth thing. And many of us, True. many of us that are naturally introverted, we, we don't have a sense of self-worth. We have a negative sense of self-worth and You don't know how hard it was for me to learn to just start saying thank you when somebody gave me a compliment. And it's tough. Some people out there have never struggled with this. But those of us that are naturally introverted and those of us that are naturally struggle with a sense of self-worth, we don't know how to take it. And I was one of those. I, I had a very gregarious outward shell you know, whereas, but internally who I portrayed myself to be outside was very different than who I was on the inside. And, you know, it took a while. I mean, it took a lot of work. I mean, work is the only real word for it, but it's literally, you know, praying and and journaling and being grateful to before you can really learn to be happy with who you are. And, Simply saying thank you. If someone says, wow, your hair looks nice today, which (laughs) that happens to me less and less now, by the way. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's funny. Uh, But you just say thank you or geez, I really appreciate, you know, the work you did on this. It's like, thank you, you know, because there's two sides to that. You know, if you, you never allow people to give you compliments. They're going to stop giving you compliments because you're not allowing them, you know, if somebody gives you a compliment, you need to allow them, you, you need to take it and give them a thank you. And, and, give, and that's kind of what they get for giving you that is they get a thank you, you know, consciously or unconsciously. They will stop complimenting you and they'll have it. And some people will hold the resentment if you're not saying if all you do is. They say, hey, that's a really nice, you know, outfit you're wearing. Oh, this old thing, you know. I mean, people do it and we naturally do those things all the time, that deflection. And we need to learn to accept those compliments and just say thank you. I mean, we don't have to deflect all the time. But yeah, it's a...
0: I never thought about that. When they say, oh, this, this old thing, I mean, that could almost be insulting your taste when you say, oh, that's nice. And then you worry about, you know, where's your taste at?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's we, we, and I mean, some of us will spend on that all day. <laughs> it's like, that's the other thing too, is letting go of those things or letting go of what other people think is, is easier said than done for a lot of us. I mean, Oh,
0: definitely. And I actually, I, I haven't struggled with alcohol personally. I haven't been to AA, but the serenity prayer is actually how I start my day.
1: I uh, I used to my daughter or nightly prayers so we do the serenity prayer yeah I, I it is a you know learning to to let go and understanding what we can control and what we cannot is I mean that alone was a huge changer for me and that alone starts working on your self worth because you know while I'm saying you have to say you say thank you if somebody gives you a compliment. You also don't require other people to give you compliments for you to feel like you're you're worthy. You know, we're we're all uh, we're all children, you know, whether you're Christian or not, we're all we're all children of God and we're all equal. And you know, we're all if we all started out the same way, we're all going to end the same way. And uh, we we need to understand that nobody is better or worse than you. They may have less money, they may have more money. They may you know they may be better looking maybe uglier but nobody's better or worse than you you all of us have an equal value and we all serve our roles and we need to understand that you know our role is what we're there to do and just accept where we're at be happy where we're at you know maybe strive to grow get better but but it's just being happy with where you're at is is vital is vital to because if you're not happy where you're at, money isn't going to change that a new house, a new car, a new wife, a new, a new husband, a new boyfriend, a new, you know, nobody outside of you is going to make you happy. Nothing outside of you is going to make you happy if you're not happy inside. Absolutely. Yeah. Learning to learning to let go of, you know and and nothing on the outside should control you either. It's not what you have it's it's you know i mean I was in a a meeting with a guy that was like, "You know, I own a bike now I used to live under I still live underneath the bridge, but I've got a bike." And I'm just like, wow, that put you, puts your life in perspective. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I had trouble paying this bill, you know? And, you know, it's, uh, you gotta understand that where we are, we're in the United States, man. It's we're not thrilled with this presidential election and our choices, but, you know, we live in the greatest, this is one of the greatest countries in the world. I mean, all the negative crap going on, whatever. I mean, there, there are people, there are billions of people in the world that live worse than our poorest people in the United States. I mean, there are places that people live on the street can go get a meal at least several times a week. if not every day. Uh, there's places they can, we have a lot. I mean, there's so much opportunity in our our country that, that is not available to billions of people across the world. And, we need to we need to realize that and be happy with that, and we need to just I mean start by being grateful that you're born in the, in the United States. I mean it's an amazing it's amazing what people can do here that they cannot do in other places. So
0: oh, absolutely, and even I mean even in this country though, uh, um, Matt White will be on the podcast um, in about a month or so. Matt, if you didn't hear a story, he. he I can't remember what state, I want to say New Orleans, but he was at his local Kroger and um, Chauncey um, went up to him and asked him if he could help him with his groceries in return for a box of donuts. Did you hear this story?
1: No, no, I have not.
0: And... um Chauncey is um, a, a teenager who's living with his grandmother, and he had taken the bus from the dangerous area that he was living in to the, the a ways, let's just say, to get into yeah. a more affluent uh, neighborhood because he was just trying to get some handouts for, for him and his grandma. And mm-hmm. Matt White helped him out and listened to him. He, Chauncey had already been turned down seven times or more by the time Matt talked to him. But Matt ended up talking to him through the store and bought him like a a few bags of groceries and then drove him home because he didn't want him to have to take the bus home. And then when he got there, found out that they had no furniture, barely any electricity. And then he started a GoFundMe campaign for him and his grandma and it ended up making close to $400,000 to get them out there. Yeah. Um, Which they've set up properly in trusts and all that. But just here in our own country, I mean, there's – there's people who would die to eat the food that's being scraped off of our plates.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we yeah. have to
0: we have to be grateful for all of that.
1: That's right, and I mean, I you know obviously nobody that's listening to a podcast is in that situation. <laughs> um, well, who
0: knows? The gentleman who's still living under a bridge but has a bike now. You know, he may just have an, an iPad by now too. I'm that's right. I'm,
1: he, he may be listening at the smart, library. But I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay he, he may be listening at the library it definitely um, could be. yeah so
0: working on building we, his empire
1: um absolutely absolutely um these people are dead uh, we all need to understand that where we're at and where we can go and uh, we're just growing i don't know anybody that's educating themselves and listening to podcasts like yours you know is on a growth path so that's they needed to just stick on it uh, hopefully they got a little, some value out of today my story and so some of my rituals that I do and the serenity prayer is an awesome one if people are not familiar with it look it up I it mean, be, I'll put
0: it in the fun. show notes for sure
1: that'd be great because it is a it is a great way to um, center yourself and understand um, just understand, it helps you learn more about yourself just reading that and learning to let go of outside influences affecting you
0: so sure. I just have to ask, what happens if there's a day when you get up and you're in a funk? What do you do?
1: There's two things that I do. Sometimes I will, sometimes when I can't pull myself out of it, I just end up reading. But what I try to do is I try every morning to get up and do something physical to get my blood going. Right. Cause that, that helps. If you're, if you're in a better physical state, you're, your body controls your mind. You know, if you're in a better, better physical state, you become in a better, more positive mental state. I also will, I will pull out my gratitude journal and I will, my journal, and I'll just start writing. And sometimes getting that crap off your shoulders uh, onto paper is enough. I've done that. There are days where I've just. Puked onto the paper and puked garbage onto the paper, and then was able to jump back into work. So, you know, two two main things is one, just get moving. Uh, two, journal, get the get the junk out of your head and get it get it somewhere else so you don't have to worry about it. And then uh, the third, you know, read inspiring stories, listen listen to uh, inspiring podcasts, or or listen to upbeat music. I mean those are those are the things that can help get you moving and uh i know the days that i do best i'm able to get up get and do something physical uh go out go for a run uh do a little tabata workout at home or even go to the gym depending on the day and time um it's all about taking control of that and if you start your day if you start your day right the rest of your day will go well and you know, I start my day before I go to bed at night. And I realize we're going a little long here. Um, so but no, I No, but well, this is day.
0: awesome. Yeah, I'd love <laughs> okay. to hear. What, what do you do before you go to bed?
1: I always I, I told you already I do a brand up on Sundays. Well what I will do every night is I will I'll Do a quick review of the day and then I'll, I, before I even, I do two things. One, before I leave my computer, I write down, I review what I'm doing the next day and I add any tasks in that I need to do the next day. So that's out of my head. Um, I have a list of stuff I need to do the next day and I get that down. Then I go upstairs and I, I will journal a little bit, usually just half a page, maybe a page where I, where I write down kind of how that day has gone. And so I've gotten rid of today before I go to bed. And then I will read a little bit of a biography, uh, and I, then I go to then I go to bed. I get up, I make my bed, I put on my workout clothes, and I go out for a run. And um, I do brush my teeth before I head out the door. And, and um, I do that, and I, I only run a mile, a little over a mile. And some days I walk more than I run. And then I get back, and I'm accountability. I jump on an accountability call. And um, starting our if we start a day right, you know, the rest of our day will go well. And the activity I haven't been doing as well lately is that gratitude, doing my gratitude journal every morning. But doing that every morning helps as well. The mornings I do it, I know I feel better. But as I do that accountability call at 530. So usually I'm up, I run, uh, grab my breakfast and jump on the call. So, um, Have you heard of
0: the miracle morning? And and I apologize to listeners who have heard me bring it up <laughs> before.
1: Uh, I haven't, but I mean, Tony Robbins calls it the hour of power or... Yeah. 15 minutes to fulfillment or, you know what, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big I'm a Tony head. So I've been, I've been to his master university. I've been to, I've been to most of his things. I almost did platinum, uh, back in the day, but I was in a different mental spot then than I am today. Uh, i really that hour of power. Um, starting your day off right makes a huge difference in how your day goes. And it's the same, I'm sure it's the miracle morning, the same thing. You got to set your day up right. You have to set it up ahead of time. You know, even if you're just going into a job, before you leave the job, know what you're doing the next day, so you don't have to worry about it. None of this getting in in the morning and trying to figure out what the hell you're going to do. You're more productive if when you walk in the door, you know exactly what you need to get done. Right. You know, that's Absolutely. what I try to do with my day. If, am I perfect? About it? Absolutely not. I'm, you know, I'm not perfect, but you know, that's what that's what we do to keep our. You know, when you're most productive, when you know what you're doing, you don't have to think about it. You just jump right in.
0: So in your, in your business now, would you say then that you are following your passion and seeking happiness first then?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, I am, uh, I'm working with, I, I'm working with clients that I love. Uh, I love their businesses. I, I really enjoy working with them. I'm helping them grow and, and I'm really adding an impact to their businesses. Uh, taking one client from, low six figures to closing in on seven. Uh, he was a single person shop with one contractor. Now he's got 10 people. Uh, I helped a, another coaching, a business coaching client of mine go from, you know, where she was, her, her promotions were getting her three to five people. Now she, she did 50 in this last one, you know, so I, I love helping. I love seeing the successes and working with people and helping them grow. And, I I love the people that I'm working with and that's my goal going forward is I only work with people I enjoy working with and that I can impact their business. So yeah, I'm much happier doing that than I was before. And I went through, I mean, I've had to, you know, I've had some rough patches, but you know, it's, it's feels so much better knowing that you're making an impact and, you know, at the same time you're, you're getting, you're getting paid what you feel you're worth, but you also know you're, you're providing them at least 10 times that value because you see it.
0: That is so key. And I know there's listeners out there who are wondering now, so what do you do, Doug?
1: <laughs> I, I have, uh, I, I do two things. I, I really, I've been focusing on LinkedIn for the last year for LinkedIn lead generation. I've actually, uh, I have a product that will be launched soon. I'm launching my own podcast, but you can go to linkedcoach.com and uh, go there and you'll find out more about the podcast and more about me and some of the packages I offer. And I'm going, I'm actually moving out of doing more lead generation into the teaching and consulting. Uh, I do a little bit of both, but I'm really enjoy the teaching and consulting, uh, teaching and coaching, not consulting more than uh, I enjoy that more. And that is my goal to do more and more of that. And I do uh, I do also work with businesses just coaching, I mean, a broader base than LinkedIn as well. But, you know, teach teach business owners, you know, it's a lot about their marketing, but, uh, you know, we'll even talk about what they need to do if they're hiring employees. We'll talk about, you know, whatever they need is support around their business because they're owned to a number of businesses. But I really enjoy being, did the business coaching and I really love the training. But you can find me at linkedcoach.com or at Doug McIsaac, that's dot is my personal blog. You'll get even more insight into who I am there, and there's other. I have a number of other courses there as well that you can take a look at.
0: Well, I told you before the call that I wouldn't put you on the spot, but I do have to ask, when we spoke last, you gave me an awesome tip sheet for LinkedIn. Is that yes. available for general public, or is that clients only? because for listeners if it means you have to hire Doug to get this sheet it is worth every penny because it has paid off in the two months since I got it
1: pretty crazy isn't it <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely that's that's,
1: that's that's six years worth of work into that one doc um, I they go go to linkedcoach.com and I do have uh, if you opt in you can get access to I if they do it soon, that whole profile worksheet's in there. Because I'm actually going to be chopping that up into a series of uh of other pe a series of other items. But yeah, go ahead and go to uh linkedcoach.com and you'll be able to get it there.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, if when it gets chopped, I'm gonna have to ask you to, to update me because I wanna let um listeners I'll update the show notes to let them know where they can purchase the course to get all that awesome info or whatever you do with it but uh, yeah so linkedcoach.com it's definitely worth it that's all i got to say <laughs>
1: help help you get you turn it in uh, linkedin is an amazing place for generating leads if you're selling business to business if you're not using it you're missing out that's all i can say i mean you you need to use if you're selling business to business use linkedin it'll help you grow your business
0: well i've had clients come to me and say acquaintances noticing the changes that i made And commenting, and then I'll notice that they've made similar changes on their profile. And I sort of sit here chuckling, (laughs) thinking, Thanks, Doug.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I
0: see what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It happens to me too, which is cool. I mean, I, I, you know, there's, there's, there's other coaches. I mean, there's a lot of other LinkedIn coaches out there. and, And, some of them are good. Some of them are bad. You know. But, you know, I, I've, uh I know that what I've done works. And you know, like you just said, it, it works. I've, I've, yet, I've built a lot of my businesses come off of LinkedIn, including this local client. And I mean, they're a 200 person software company that's got three products and three different niches. And, uh you know, they're doing eight figures. So they came off of LinkedIn. I knew them, but they also came off of LinkedIn. So.
0: That's fabulous. So again, listeners, you can go to linkedcoach.com and learn more about Doug and, and get in touch. Doug, I just want to thank you so much for being here. This you are very awesome.
1: welcome. <laughs> yeah, I know we went well beyond the 20, 25 minutes we're going to do, but I think it was a good call. So. <laughs> oh, definitely. I hope everybody got value. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, for listeners and for guests, I'm never going to cut us off in the middle of a incredible conversation. So... Hey there, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast, and I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and were inspired, I would love to hear your feedback. Please take a moment or two and visit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or on my website at thekimsutton.com to leave your rating or review. I'd also like to invite you to join the Positive Productivity Book Club and to find out more about my coaching packages by visiting TheKimSutton.com. Until the next episode, I hope you have a positive and productive day.